Welcome to the next edition of the TMD Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're doing this as a service to our community, Novation Church here, and so that we can share and teach one another. Uh, we're just thankful for you guys listening. Um, today, joining in this episode, we've got uh, TJ and Jamie Pander. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey. Thank you. Uh, we're glad to have them. We're looking forward to this episode. And uh, we also have Scott Troutwine. This is joining us as well. Welcome, Scott. We're glad that you're you taking bet. part. You bet. Glad to be here. Um, as a reminder up front here, uh, this episode, we're going to be asking some questions around uh, still we're on still on the Apostles Creed we'll get to that section in just a second but this episode we're going to be asking and and providing some thoughts discussion and potential answers to to questions around the death of Jesus Christ uh, we, we are interested and want to hear um, from you as well and uh, any questions you might have and so as a reminder TND Facebook group Go out to uh, NovationChurch.org. Um, you can click through and get to the TND Facebook group that way. Or go out and find uh, Novation Church on, on Facebook, and you'll see a link to the Facebook group. Come in, join in the discussion, ask questions. I um, encourage you to do that. So um, with that today, then, uh, we're going to go through uh, the next section of the Apostles' Creed. So that's where we've been for the past few shows. Um, this next section that we're going to be talking about really is the section of the Apostles' Creed where uh, it describes that he, uh, the death of Jesus Christ. So here's the section. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he descended to the dead. We're taking just this section to focus again uh, our conversation, discussion, and questions around, around the actual death of Jesus. And as a reminder, the Apostles' Creed, we're not just doing this in a vacuum. Um, if you go out to NovationChurch.org, click on what we believe, you're going to find a kind of our modern expression of the very old Apostles' Creed. It's not scripture but it is a great summary and based on what the apostles, uh, uh, kind of a summary of the apostles teaching, it is a creed, it is a short, memorable way to say this is what we believe. And so this section about uh, the death of Jesus Christ, obviously a very important part of what we teach and what we believe. So guys, we're gonna get started with this. Um, one of the first questions that uh, we're going to tackle and have some discussion around was posed by TJ, and I think is a great one. What did Jesus do for those three days? TJ. Yeah, so um, when I first read uh, the Apostles' Creed, I kind of went out and was, was Googling just to, to get that section of it and, and come up with some questions on it. And some of the, uh, the translations of it was, it said, Jesus said, spent three days in hell. Mm. And obviously that's like a hard stop, right? I'm like, wait a <laughs> minute, I got to figure this out. Um, so, 
so one of the things I, I found out is when the King James published the Apostles' Creed, they changed that word Hades to, uh, to hell. And it's from the, the Greek word Tartarus instead of, uh, instead of Hades. And Hades is kind of like the, uh, the holding place before the, the big show, right? Um, <clears throat> so that's uh, basically he was, uh, he was what, what I think it was, was he was down there preaching, right? He's, he's talking <laughs> to all those people that were, that were put into Hades in that holding cell kind of thing and, and saying, hey, we won, you know? Cool. But, uh, yeah, but, but when you say that, when you say he was down in Hades preaching, what does that mean? Was he proclaiming the gospel to people who had already died outside of the faith? Was there another chance for them to be redeemed? I don't think so. Yeah, because I, I don't think, think so either. So it was a message you know, of victory. appointed once to die. Right. Um, so, but then when you talk about Hades and, and Seol and, and hell and paradise, all of those words get so interconnected, yeah. especially hell, Seol, and Hades, because they're interpreted differently throughout the scriptures. Sure. And they're thrown in different ways with different versions. There's the side that says that um, Hades is, is, has two, two sections. One is, is Hades for those that, that are waiting for the lake of fire. And the other is, some people say, paradise in, in Abraham's oh, bosom. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And, that, and then when he left the cross or when the cross, you know, when he died on the cross for those three days, he actually went in and brought out those who were already redeemed through their faith. The chapter 11 of Hebrews talks about the heroes of faith waiting for the atonement. Nice. I, but, but, but you know what really gets me when people start talking about this is in some, in some camps, they're going to say he went to hell. And it was a further process of, of grief and sorrow and humiliation. And he had to go through that to restore us to the Father. And I have a hard yeah. stop there. I say, absolutely not. Right. Because on the cross, it was very clear on the cross, he said, it is finished. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah. And so for these three days, and this is me, because I'm kind of one of these people that if Scripture's somewhat silent, I have a hard time saying this is what happened. Sure. Scripture's silent on these three days, and yet we have theories on all sorts of different sides. But I think what we need to remember is it was finished. Right. Right. Reconciliation was done. Restorization has happened. And that to me is, then how does that apply to my life today? And how can I go out with that knowledge of saying, I know that Christ paid the price for me, period. 100%. Yeah. Right. I, as you guys were talking about that as well, I, I had the thought that, and I don't have a lot to support this, but certainly, I mean, if you look even in the Apostles' Creed, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, we know that, was crucified, died, and was buried. Well, that's a pretty clear statement. But yet, I think some of that Apostles' Creed says, listen, it was a real thing. He, he, he did what dead people do. Right, <laughs> whatever that is, whatever that kind of mysterious side of it is, that you know, he descended. We we use the modern, uh, I feel, a more modern phrasing of it of of he descended to the dead. So this is, in one sense, for me, and I think some takeaway even for someone that might have questions about this is he really did die. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. And ultimately. 
that's really the most important. It wasn't a fake death. Um, it was not a, it wasn't sort of a mystical, you know, he appeared to, to die type of it. No, he actually, as it hit in his humanity, he died all the way. Right. <laughs> I think it's interesting so. too that that even non-Christian <laughs> scholars agree that he lived and died. Yeah. Right. And and one of the things I came across in uh, in doing a little research for this was the Jews um, they they thought he was a heretic. They thought he was a, a a magician. They thought he was this and that. But they thought he was. Right. Yeah. Yes. So yes. they never they never tried to erase him. Yeah. They uh, but you know yeah. they they verified him. Yes. The three days talks to me um, because it's three days to us. He doesn't go by our timeline. And so, you know, what oh. was he doing for three days? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything and everything he wanted. You know, he, he, he has eternity. We had three days. And um, I, I see a lot where I think he does things to convince us. It has nothing to do with what, what he's doing. Mm. It's all... You know, he had to suffer and, and die and be on, on the cross because we needed proof because we're so stubborn. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, what a great way to say that. TJ and I were talking a little bit as well um, earlier this week. And, and when Jesus is, is dead and gone for three days, yet while on the cross, he tells the thief beside him, today you'll mm. be with me in paradise. I think you think about that, uh, we, we really don't know. I mean, we have some idea if, if we're a Christian, um, if we follow other faiths, every single faith in some way addresses life after this one, with the exception of secularism, which says life is just done after sure. this one. Um, but still, that is still a religion and faith in my language. So, uh, but... You know, there's some sense of afterlife, but none of us really know. We haven't been there, done that, right? We might talk a little bit about that in a different context here in a bit. But um, the today you'll be with me in paradise lends itself towards when you go to sleep, quote unquote, in this life, and you wake up in the next one, that one is this eternal existence. There is no beginning and there is no end. So from the thief's perspective, when he goes to sleep on the cross, when he dies on the cross and he awakes in the next life, in one sense, he's always been there. It could have been right? an hour, it could have been a year. <laughs> yeah. He's always been there, right? It's, yeah, a year from now, is, uh, yeah, that's just... And that's some of this way up in the clouds kind of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but that word paradise, see, because like I said earlier, some people... Um, see two parts of Hades, the, the part waiting for everlasting fire and the part that they call paradise, Abraham's bosom. But that's speculation. But that word paradise in scripture is used twice. Mm. Once to the thief, and the other one is in uh, Revelations 2.7, yep. where it says, you will eat of the tree of life in the paradise of God. Wow. And those are the only two instances of that word. Wow. And so when you look at paradise from that perspective, that tells me paradise is immediately in the presence of God. Yes. Uh, Not yeah. this, I'm floating around for three days doing something. And I like what you said, Jamie. Um, he's God. He's God. Jesus That's... Christ is God. <laughs> he can be everywhere at any time. 
And, and those three days to us, we kind of go, so what really happened? Well, what, why does that matter? <laughs> it's finished. We go to paradise and eat of the tree of life with God. I'm good Absolutely. with that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to um, the next question that uh, we want to pose out and have some comments on. Um, it says, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. Why did he have to do this suffer and die? Why did he have to suffer and die? This has been a question from early on in, you know, uh, I was, my, my story, my, my testimony about how I came to follow Jesus is uh, certainly a lifelong one, but, but uh, that mo- I am one of those that has a testimony in that moment and time it was a very dramatic personal experience, an extremely dramatic experience. And I had no, con, you know, I just knew I was going on this direction. I am now going this completely different direction um, in, in a moment in time. It wasn't a gradual thing for me. Um, yet, when I got beyond that point and beyond some of the fervor, maybe a couple, three years, this is one of the questions that I was like, I don't get it. Why did he have to suffer and die? You know, I, I don't understand that. So let's have some thoughts on that. Go so ahead. so his death, I totally understand. I, I have no problem with that. Uh, it's symbolized throughout the Old Testament. Adam and Eve lived in the garden. And they sinned. And, and the fall happened. So what was one of the first things that happened at that time? An animal was killed and the skin of that animal ah. covered their nakedness. Mm, that's that's a symbolic covering of the yeah. sin that happened at the fall. And mm-hmm. then you see that throughout the Old Testament. And that is atonement. That's atonement. atonement. It is. Yes. Atonement covered. It, I mean, the, just the, the description definition, it is something that covers sin. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So I have no problem with the death. I understand why Jesus had to die. What I don't understand is why did he have to suffer so intensely? Why did he have to be scourged and and his beard ripped out? And why did he have to hang on a cross for six to seven hours in pain and agony? Why did he have to suffer like that? And we can even use the modern word being tortured. I mean, he was was tortured. Yeah, absolutely. why he had to suffer, that speaks to me in, in thinking of victims of anything. When, um, when we suffer with alcoholism, who do we seek out to um, consult with to help us through that tragedy? But, you know, someone who's been through it. Um, when you ha- are a victim of, of some assault, you seek out someone who's been a victim before and can relate to you. Mm. And especially when, when we swap gender roles and, and you're a female trying talk to talk to a male about something that's happened to you, you're just looking at them. How could you possibly understand yeah, what I went through? And so I, I believe that Jesus had to suffer so that we could relate to him, so that we could talk to him. Um, you know, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in us. The Father is is the big, bad, powerful guy that's going to beat up anybody that, that hurts us. But Jesus, I see as my best friend. 
He's my confidant. Mm. He's the one that I confide in. And so when having him have gone through anything that I could possibly go through, I have complete trust in him because of that. And if he was just lived a, a lush life, um, I wouldn't have that kind of confidence. If he lived this full life of a life. human, 85, yeah. 90 years old, died of old age, old age yeah. there is... Yeah, there's an identification that I don't have. I think when you're good. when you're suffering, like what do you what do you what makes it better normally, Ryan? It's somebody sitting down with you and, and saying, "I've been there, bro. Like I've yeah. been through this," and that's what you need. John Stott said in uh, in Christ on the Cross, he said, "In the real world of pain, how could one worship a God who is immune to it?" Mm. And I that that just hit me right in the feels, man. Yeah. But, yeah. Another right. aspect of that too is in um, Hebrews, it talks about when Jesus. Looked beyond the cross, enduring the suffering that he had to go through. Mm-hmm. It says, for the joy of what was on the other side, he endured the cross. So in this life, we know there's going to be pain, tribulation. Yep. There's going to be suffering. But as a Christian, because of what Christ did on the cross, I can look at this life and say, but I know what's coming. Right. So for the joy of what's coming, I'll go through what I need to go through here to spend eternity, and that's the hope that we have as believers. That's the, that's the essence of, of, of our life, yeah. and that's the essence of what we're supposed to be sharing with those around us, right. that this life is so temporary. Right. You know, we talked earlier about the three days being nothing yeah. Yeah. to Jesus and to God, but to us, those three days are everything right. because we live in this temporary life. But, right. yeah. When I read the question, you know, the emphasis on different words that we talked about first, why did Jesus have to suffer and die? And then second, we talked about why did Jesus have to suffer and die? And so Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. I I look at it and I ask, why did Jesus have to suffer and die? Why Jesus? Why the Son of God? You know, we've we've been using lambs all these years. Why why not keep doing that? Why do we have to give the, the Son of God? That's huge. And what, what it brings to mind is a TV show that my children and I enjoy, um, Once Upon a Time. Uh, it's, in the, and it's about the fairy tales and, and everything goes wrong. And there's um, the wicked queen wants to curse all the fairy tale land. And part of the curse is to, um, to kill the thing that you love the most. And the queen decides that she is going to kill her prize horse. And so she goes and do that, and nothing happens. It, it wasn't enough. And then her father walks in, and, and he was just the epitome of what you think of a father. You know, he was loving and doting and, and cared for her, even in all her wickedness. He loved her, and she realized it was him that she loved the most, and she oh, needed yeah. to kill him, wow. her own father. That's wow. huge. Yeah. And, and so that related to me. Um, here I am in, in Bible study reading Romans and and going, oh my gosh, they depict this story mm-hmm. in Once Upon a Time in a TV show that, that I just enjoy about fairy tales. Yeah. yeah so that, that, that I really liked. A gospel that, story know. shows up. You got to write to ABC and, and thank them for sharing the gospel with them. <laughs> <laughs> take it off the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? It's, it's interesting how, um, you know, I was telling that story to, to Chris before, and he mentioned like, how often 
we tell the story, tell the Christian story, and don't even realize it. And I'd, I'd love to just, you know, find out what, what they were thinking. They have a different motivation to run the program and to, to get viewers, and yet they're telling the gospel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, there's, I do, like, I keep getting drawn back to this, back to, I mean, I love that Jesus and, and the different emphasis on the words that you were bringing up there, Jamie, what that brought back to me is this whole thought of my process when, okay, why did he actually, why did he actually have to die? And, and it's like all of those emphasis, Jesus, suffer, die. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they all tie back to this Old Testament, all the way back to, like you shared, Scott, back yeah. to Genesis, all the way back with the hides that were, God gave to Adam and Eve. Um, but this atonement and purification. Sin is this destructive evil force, and it's in two primary ways. It shows up when I um, commit an act of injustice to another person, but then it's sin's destructive effect is also broader and and described in in the bible that it destroys relationships communities it extends even though my injustice might only be towards scott troutwine um, the effect of that starts to sour our relationships and then um, i put a mark if i commit this act of injustice and and sin against scott then I put a mark on him and it affects him and then his other relationships could easily be affected by that. Here's the example I was running through my head. Scott Troutwine lends me a dollar to get a burrito or something. Or Never gonna happen. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, thanks God, I'll get, I'll get you paid back, right? Um, I forget and I don't. I never, I never get you paid back, right? I have committed a sin against God. I have committed an act of injustice. Um, It's one that's possibly um, easy for Scott to overlook or forgive quickly and easily. It's a dollar or two or three. It's a burrito, right? And it's a promise that I broke that I would would repay that back to him. Um, I can atone for that, and that's this. uh, uh, So the answer of, of the cross, the answer of you know, from the Old Testament, this sacrificial atone, sacrifice, atonement, and purification. They slaughtered an animal, and then the priest would take the blood, which represents this purifying life, and would have the responsibility to sprinkle that blood in different places in the tabernacle, tabernacle or in the, in the, in the um, temple as an act of purifying. So it was a symbolic of this blood um, being an atonement, an in, act of injustice against uh, that would atone, for, so it would cover up the sin, and the purification, which would be sprinkled about, so that it would act to purify the this vandalizing effect of sin as well. So back to my example. Um, there's some possibly uh, some. Uh, in the borrowing a few dollars from Scott, possibly it affects our relationship to an extent. Well, Chris told me he was going to buy. He never did. Well, not a big deal. I don't care, right? Um, but still, 
I've injured Scott. Scott has to, in some way, account for that debt. He's decided to let it go. Um, the vandalizing effect, not so much, right? Hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit of trust here and there. But compare that against I go and secretly take Scott's wallet and take a $100 bill out of there. Now, the atoning piece is much greater, right? Uh, I, to restore, to, to atone for that, to repay that, it's, it's 100 times what it was from borrowing a buck. The vandalizing effect of committing that son is, sin is much greater, you know? Uh, it's it's gonna it could potentially end the very good relationship that I have with Scott. It could then uh, have effects that go beyond that. That well, I'm gonna start you know doing different things with guarding against my wallet, and you know it could cause distrust in other people, not just me. So it's this very vandalizing effect of mm. sin, and so the whole idea of why. Jesus, why suffer, why die? Um, atonement and purification. His blood is the only, you know, his God putting himself in the place of that animal is the only one that could atone for the sin of all humans across all time, across all people, right? It's, it's the only one. No, no animal could be symbolic can do that. Only God himself, not in even another human, I mean, these wages of sin or death, I could die for my, um, and, and believe me, there's, in that situation, Scott might say, in a different time and different place, it might be the wages of my sin against Scott would for stealing that hundred bucks could be death. You know, that would be the wage. But the problem that we have in saying, well, he sinned against me, he caused this vandalism, his atonement needs to be his death, that same sin actually lives in me too. Right. And so if I want justice for all, then all of us have to, yeah. <laughs> right. we have to pay that, we have to pay that wage of death. Do you so, want justice? Yeah. Why <laughs> Jesus? Because he's the only one that could step in as a substitute. He's the only solution that God had to step in the substitute, atone for all of our sin. He's the only, he's the perfect, innocent one. That, so why die? Why Jesus? Why die? He's the only one. And he had to die because the wages of, those, of our sin is to die. It's the only way it can be made right. And what, uh, one of the things I like about that, and, and you alluded to it, that's a once and for all. Yeah. Yes. You don't add to that. Right. You know, and that's one of the, things, that's one of the beauties of the gospel. Once and for all, our sins are atoned for. It is finished. The sins that I did in the past... I'm doing today, any sin that I commit in the future is atoned for. So then my time on earth is to live in thanks for what he's done and to spread that to everybody I know. Even those who may be in the church but are still struggling with this, oh, I've got to live a better life, I've got to do this, I've got to have behavioral modification so I'm a better person. Nothing against all of those things. But Jesus' atonement was once and for all, period. There's nothing that I can do that he hasn't already atoned for. And we can take that in the confidence of, of that atonement that everything's covered for. We can then take that purifying symbol, that, that, I mean, that is our next piece of that, that 
his blood has the power to, you know, the symbolic piece of that being spread around the temple. His death gives us the confidence in the atonement. And then the, uh, what is the, just like the priest taking the blood and going around the temple and spreading it around, now we can take some of that life-giving love and experience that we've had. And our job now in our priestly roles, because every single one of us is a priest, is to go around and sprinkle some of that around. And, And the vandalizing effect of sin that affects everywhere. It's just the effects of it are seen everywhere. And this gets to why suffer? Because just like you were saying, we can identify with he suffered in so many, I, I, the ways I have suffered, he suffered. Um, so I don't want others to feel that suffering, so I'm going to take this and I'm going to spread some of the love of Jesus around. His act of love purif- pure gives us the ability to go and try and purify some of the horrible effects of sin around us. I love that That's analogy. Awesome. Yeah. That's such a word picture. All right. Yeah. Now, every time I talk about spreading the gospel, I'm yeah. going to have this word picture of the priest sprinkling, <laughs> sprinkling blood. blood. <laughs> blood. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I love word yeah. pictures. That's great. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I think uh, in ancient Jerusalem, uh, burrito theft only got you a couple of days in the clink. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be, you'd be safe. Uh, last question, guys, to spend just a couple of minutes on. How important is the death, and I think we just did talk about this a bit, but how important is the death of Jesus, and does it really have any kind of relevance for us today? Thoughts? I mean, as far as relevance today, it is the only thing that's relevant in, in our lives as believers. That is the most relevant thing there is, because that's where everything happened. That's where Jesus hanging on that cross, suffering, unbearable sufferings, being separated from his father, and at that point, he was able to say it is finished. So all of those yearly sacrifices of animals and the sprinkling of blood and all those things, the washings that they had to go through to purify themselves in order even to do that, all of that now goes away. And the cross represents the turning point of that to where, like you said, Chris, we are now high priest sprinkling that blood, sharing that good news of what happened on the cross because that's where the atonement took place. That's where um, um, our penalty for sin was paid. Again, as I said before, past, present, and future. We don't have to perform now. We just have to abide in his presence and let his, his presence, his love, his, his grace, and his power flow through us as we talk to those that we come yeah. in contact with, or as we throw blood on their head, as Chris would say. Just <laughs> right. That makes me think of the Andy Stanley book, How Good is Good Enough. Mm. You know, and can we ever do enough to get to heaven? We, we just can't. You know, if we yeah. spent every second of every day trying, we'd still fall short. Absolutely. And that's, that's why that's, Jesus' death is so important in, in my mind. Is, is I could never, as good as I try to be, I could never reach that, attain that goal. Yeah. And I think also with that, um, the, I mean, without the death of Jesus, de- the death of Jesus was the culmination of all that prophecy, right? Isaiah 53 and all the way, all the way through the Old Testament, that's what, 
they were talking about. Absolutely. So, so that's where it all comes together, and I think that's super important. And for the life of a believer, I think all you guys have said that well. For the person who is checking out Christianity, who is not a believer, that one story about the centurion that we were talking about earlier, oh, yeah. mm. I think is, is for the person who's questioning, um, you can go, I think it's accounted, it's accounted well in Mark, I believe, in, in the uh, Jesus being crucified, being told in the Gospel of Mark, you could go find it there. But there is a centurion sitting at the foot of the cross, a Roman soldier in other translations, it's called. This is a guy who would have attended many of these. He was overseeing. He was the guy that was in charge of this whole scene of Jesus being nailed to the cross until dead. Um, personally, I have not in my lifetime yet observed anyone who, as they die, as they pass away, been to many wakes, funerals, seen many, you know, several dead bodies, but have never done that. And many of us, especially in the West, that's not an experience that's very common. It's typically result, uh, reserved for just a few professions, right? Doctors and some of that, that actually see much of that. But even in that context, this Roman soldier, he's seen many people die. But not just that. He's seen many people die in brutal ways. He's yes. overseen it. Yes. To a degree, he is probably very desensitized to this at this point. Um, yet, when Jesus died on the cross, what did he say? Whoa. <laughs> right? What did we just do? He must have. Yeah. I'm not pulling that from my brain very well, but this was the Son of yes. God. Obviously, right. this was the sign. There was something so different about the death of Jesus for a guy that's potentially seen hundreds or thousands of people die in this brutal manner. Something so different about his death um, caused this guy to go, hold on a second. And I think, Scott, you said it earlier. That probably affected that dude for the rest, like... Yeah. haunted him for the rest of his life for yeah. the person that's thinking about is this christianity thing real is this jesus christ dying what what is all that about one thing to note on that that would have historical impact in my view is here's a guy that was like whoa this was different way different than every other one i've ever seen i get the same feeling when i read uh pilot you know, when, mm. when at the trial, because what does he do? He washes his hands. Absolutely. He says, wait a minute, something ain't right. I'm out of this. Yeah. And, uh, and by then it's too late. But, uh, but yeah, same thing. Yeah. I think it's a good place to, to, again, talk about the importance of the death of Jesus, but the importance of the cross is how does that affect us? I mean, like you, Chris, you were talking earlier outside of the podcast on, on your um, conversion being a drastic you know, 180 yep. turnaround type thing. And mine was very similar. And that's what the centurion or the Roman soldier felt as well. It was that, whoa, yeah. what just happened? And that, for the, for the person who might be listening today that, that you're, you're struggling a little bit or you're, you're seeking but you're not quite sure, uh, I would just uh, ask that you would uh, 
maybe go to those gospel accounts and read this, this section, and then put yourself in that place mm. and, and let God speak to you in that way. Because that's really what has to happen. We can talk all day long and try to tell people about what happens, but until the Spirit of God makes that alive in a person's life, it's, it's meaningless. Mm -hmm. yeah. so. That stems on the advice that I, I constantly give my children. They're like, so what I should do? Should I do this, A, or should I do this, B? And pretty consistently, it's my advice to you is to wait and to pray and the answer will make itself apparent. Mm -hmm. Jesus will whisper to you what the right answer is, and if you wait and pray, you won't have a question. <laughs> and, you know, they, they can get frustrated at me because I don't really give them the answer. Yeah. <laughs> but then they ignore it. And do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always been right, and I can tell you that any time that I didn't wait and pray, that I cannonballed into the deep end without thinking about it, I was swimming for the side very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, I think, guys, that's a, that's a great way to wrap up this, this episode of the TND Podcast. Scott, Jamie, TJ, thank you guys very much for joining. Absolutely. Really it's been fun. It. Thank you Really for appreciate us. it. Reminder for everybody, um, this continues onto the TND Facebook group. And again, please come out and uh, ask any questions and join in the discussion. Thank you guys very much for listening. Where I call